Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. So we have a lot of new viewers recently, and I guess I, I should recap because I don't know who's gone back and listened to old episodes, but I want to you know, briefly recap what obsidian means. So it's kind of like I said, a cult word, and it basically means to banish negativity, banishing negativity. So if you're wondering what obsidian means... There you go. Um, and that's why we call this Obsidian Achievement as my goal is to help you guys achieve things at the highest levels in every area of your life, you know, physically, financially, mentally, and spiritually. So it's great to have you guys here with me today. What I want to talk about today is personal accountability. Personal accountability. Um, I think that this is a good conversation to have because of what's happened recently in the world. Um, and I'm sure everybody knows at this point, and it's been a hot topic of debate, is the Travis Scott concert massacre, whatever you want to call it, debacle, uh, where eight people unfortunately lost their lives. Um, and, you know, there, this has become a heated point of debate um, as to who gets the responsibility, who gets the blame, etc. Um, and I have, obviously, I have some opinions on this. Uh, and I'm going to keep this pretty brief because it's not a hard concept to understand and it won't take me long to articulate it. Let me start with the overarching theme. We live in a society that has very little to no personal accountability. We live in a victimhood society where it's, I made the decisions that I made because of my upbringing. I made the decisions that I made because of the color of my skin. I made the decisions or I'm suffering right now because of a lifestyle choice that was thrust upon me. I had no other option. I made this decision or I'm in this situation because I was born in this situation. I did, there's, we, live, we live in a, in a culture that celebrates victimhood. We, lives in, we live in a, an oppression Olympics culture where it's become... Um, I've seen this where people will, will compete to see who has been the most oppressed, marginalized, walked and stepped on, blah, 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 blah. So what they do is, and it's, it's, I have to talk about this overarching theme because it, it directly relates to what we saw at the concert is that people like to pass the blame on to systems, institutions, other groups of people, historical uh, events as opposed to taking any kind of personal accountability for their own lives and actions. Now, let me be clear. Do I think that certain people are born with certain disadvantages? Yes, 100%. However, there are people that are born with certain disadvantages that cry, bitch, moan, and complain, do nothing. They live their whole life a victim. They don't help themselves. They help nobody else, and they die a nobody having spent their whole life complaining and arguing with people in the comment section of Instagram and Twitter. And then you have people that are born with those same disadvantages that literally come out the other side and change the world, change themselves and change their circle of influence. So how can somebody with one set of disadvantages accomplish nothing and waste their whole life and then somebody with the same exact circumstances or extraordinarily similar circumstances crush life, change people's lives, uh, influence the world for the better and make an impact. Choices. We all have choices. And the more that you blame other things, the more of a victim that you become. You become a victim of your circumstance and people that are victims of their circumstance are slaves. There is modern day slavery. 
uh, in our in our country and in our in our world in general, you know, outside of actual slavery that takes place, we are slaves to victimhood. People have become enslaved by their victim mentality, and thus they are unable to change anything in their own life. Therefore, unable to change anything in their immediate circle of influence and the world in general. What does this have to do with the Travis Scott concert? Well, I see a massive amount of blame being put on. Travis Scott, which makes perfect sense. I agree. Uh, he should have stopped the concert. And then again, I've never performed in front of hundreds of thousands of people before, so I don't know what it's like being up there. But you know, there are other. I've seen other clips of of rappers and other performers stopping concerts because somebody's having a seizure, somebody's falling down, somebody's getting pressed and having a panic attack. Right. Um, which is amazing. That's great. And that's what they should do. And should Travis have stopped the concert? I, it's hard for me to understand how much information he had available to him, but my, I would just simply say, yes, he probably should have stopped performing. Should he have continued to perform after one or two people died? Absolutely not. Again, did he know? Somebody had to know. In other words, what I'm saying is I agree with you. There is a great amount of responsibility that needs to be taken by Travis Scott and his management as well as the security force and whoever you know organized that concert. You know, I was just talking with my friend Ella yesterday. We were in Rolling Loud in Miami and I could not believe how many people they let into that place. It was miserable. We didn't even go back the second or third days because the first day was so packed. You had to wait three hours in a line to get a wristband that said you were 21 and another three hours to get a drink. Um, couldn't get anywhere close to the stage. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. So I think that there is a certain amount of responsibility that falls on Travis Scott as the performer. I think there's a certain amount of uh, responsibility that falls on his management. There's definitely a certain amount of uh, responsibility that falls on the security teams that whose responsibility is safety. Um, and I think that there's a certain amount of uh, 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 responsibility on the part of who sold the tickets and who said that many people could be in the venue. Now, from what I understand, the overcrowding was also exacerbated by people actually breaking in and entering areas they should not have entered. And this is where I want to talk about my piece today. I've seen very little conversation about the responsibility of the crowd in this and, and the conversations I have seen about people saying, hey, the attendees attendees were just as responsible for this. I've seen that those people are demonized and insulted and it blows my mind. It's been very difficult for me to be quiet on social media. I'm trying not to get in the comment sections with people anymore because quite frankly, you're not worth my time um, and they shouldn't be worth yours either. But... I want to use my platform uh, to say that it's extremely unfortunate that people are completely passing the blame off the crowd and 100% on Travis Scott. Like, again, I just went through that. He shares some responsibility, uh, res responsibility excuse me, in this as well as the, the management, the security, etc. But at the end of the day, Travis Scott didn't trample anybody to death. The security didn't trample anybody to death. The people who sold the tickets didn't trample anybody to death. The hundreds of thousands of people in the crowds did. A good handful of people in that crowd are, in my opinion, responsible for murder, manslaughter at the very least. These people chose to break in 
these people chose to trample. Now, I understand in a crowd, I've been in mosh pits before, that there's momentum, and sometimes it's very hard to stop that momentum, but the momentum, number one, was started by a group of people and was continued by another group of people. So at the end of the day, what you find is you have this, this culture we live in of victim mentality where they're looking for a singular person to blame, and everybody wants to blame Travis. At the end of the day, I think that the majority of the blame falls on the people that were in the concert, the, the concert goers, the crowd. The crowd is responsible for this. The crowd is 100% responsible for this. You know, and we see this throughout history. You know, we blame, like, here's another example. And this is a little bit more extreme, but like, look at something as terrible as the Holocaust and we blame Hitler and he gets the brunt of the blame. And I understand that he was the leader. He orchestrated it. He got the people fired up, but the people at the end of the day are the ones that followed. They're the ones that followed. They made their own personal choice to listen to a psychopath that advocated genocide. These people in this concert chose to, first of all, break into areas they shouldn't been a part of and act like literal livestock. You, that's, you guys understand that's what they behave like. They behave like livestock. Like, have you ever seen the scene from Lion King where they're all trampling each other? Don't we think we're a little bit better than animals? And yet here we are trampling each other like a bunch of freaking wildebeest. And we're going to not blame anybody in that crowd. We're not going to put any of the blame on the crowd. Are you serious? I saw one person say, well, they were kids. Well, they're murdering kids. They're, they're, they're children that committed manslaughter at the very least. And somebody said to that, well, you know, when you were young, you probably made bad decisions. Yeah, I didn't choose to trample somebody after they fell on the ground. And, and, and I can't even imagine what it's like to be trampled to death. But I never inadvertently killed somebody. <laughs> when I was a kid, my stupid decisions had to do with smoking a little bit of weed and destroying public property, not murdering people. So we take this responsibility off these people and they're not kids. If you're old enough to get into a Travis Scott concert, you're old enough to understand that you shouldn't trample people to death. Um, you know, and it, it, it's hard for me not to get mad and fired up when I talk about this because it's like it's this this um, epidemic of stupidity in this country never ceases to amaze me. We see the same crowd hysteria. It's it's interesting. Um, you know, I've his I've in the past I can't remember for what, but I did a paper on crowd psychology. And it's incredible what people will do when they're in a crowd. You see riots like, you know, people will get caught up in a riot. Here's this here's this dad with three kids that works a nine to five desk job. Very normal. Never been in trouble. He gets caught up in a riot. Before you know it, he's smashing somebody's head in with a brick and nobody knows why. He doesn't even know why. It's like he becomes possessed. We see this with crowds of people. So it's like, I don't want to get too much into the, the psychological uh, study and implications of what people are like when they get into crowds. But... There is responsibility on the part of the crowd and the, the concert goers and the attendees. The ticket holders and the people that broke in that weren't ticket holders are responsible in part for this. Absolutely. And I think that completely shifting the blame off of the crowd, which is what mangled these people to death, and completely putting it on Travis Scott and his management team, doesn't. it's not going to solve the issue that, hey, maybe there should be like... It doesn't solve the issue that... There's something fundamentally flawed with people today. There's something so wrong with people 
that for the sake of seeing some shitty auto-tune music, they'll rush the stage at the expense of human lives. I could just sum it up like that. There, let me say that again. There is something so fundamentally wrong and twisted with people now that they will literally rush the stage to listen to some terrible auto-tune music. First of all, if you go to a Travis Scott concert, I already passed judgment on you. But they'll rush the stage to see some terrible music at the expense of human lives. How far have we fallen? <laughs> and it's interesting you see this same kind of crowd madness and hysteria with COVID. You see this with COVID that let's let's ruin people's businesses, let's ruin people's livelihoods, let's let's put an experimental vaccine in the arms of children that are more likely to get hit by a car or struck by lightning or have a tree fall on them than die of COVID. You see all of this being perpetuated because of this crowd hysteria that when you get large amounts of people together, it's like the collective, uh, their individual autonomous decision making goes out the door and it's blended into a collective consciousness with a very low vibration. Their individual autonomous decision making ability is nerfed because they seem to be absorbed by this low vibrational collective consciousness. And it's, it's fascinating. It makes me wonder, you know, what people will do. And, and you see the horrendous things that um, people will do to each other. You know, there was uh, another experiment where um, people were told to zap somebody with an electric shock on the other side of a wall. They couldn't hear them, but they could only, or they couldn't see them. They could only hear them scream. And they just kept zapping this person despite their screams of pain. And even when the scientists said they were turning up the intensity if I remember correctly, I don't think that any of the subjects of the experiment walked away and said, no, I'm not going to hurt this person. I think they did it anyways. And it just goes to show you how stupid people are. This is why I have a big problem with everybody should be allowed to vote. I don't think everybody should be allowed to vote. I don't think people that get into a crowd and trample people to death and zap other human beings and do all this other stupid stuff should be allowed to vote. I don't think everybody's equal. You know, that's a controversial, controversial take that not everybody's equal. I think everybody's created equal. Absolutely. Everybody's created equal. But I think that a series of bad education, public education, especially over time, coupled with poor parenting, coupled with uh, an overindulgence in social media breeds a bunch of half-wit morons running around trampling each other. It's a shame. So the point of this is this. What, what, what's the point of this podcast? Um, the point of this podcast isn't to just sit here and, and complain about, you know, what I think about the world. The point of this is we should have a solution. And that solution is exactly what this podcast was created for. We need more leaders. We need more strong men and women that are going to stand up and say, no, stop that are going to stand up and say, this is enough. And I'm sure that there were people in the crowd that were doing that. There just weren't enough. And that's the problem is that there's so many sheep now and so few lions that the sheep are winning these battles and we need more lions to step up. We need more strong men and women to step up and take a strong moral stand and put a stop. And again, I know I'm being, uh, I know this concept, I guess the word, I don't know if esoteric is the right word. I know that I'm, I'm extrapolating a lot out of this concert and making wide um, brush strokes here. But at the end of the day, I really do think that this is a good representation of our society is what happens when you get a bunch of people together. 
<laughs> not good. It's not good. Why is that the case? It's the case because people are, and this is what I was telling my friend last night, and this is what I'll end on. People are inherently wicked and they are no good. Now that might hurt some of you to say, me, you, all of us, we are inherently wicked and we're no good. And what happens is, is we've removed our idea. We've removed God and Jesus. We've removed it from the country. We've removed it from the classroom. We've removed it from everything. And so what happens is, is when you remove an ideal, an ideal serves as a point of comparison. I'm able to judge whether or not something is good or bad. I'm able to judge whether or not a word that I'm about to say is good or bad. An action I'm about to partake in is good or bad when I compare it to an ideal. Like I compare everything I do to Jesus. Like literally you could just say, what would Jesus do? And I understand whether or not I should do something, whether or not should I say something. Now, does that mean I always follow with perfection? Absolutely not. But I'm more likely to follow with perfection and make the right decisions when I have a healthy ideal to look up to. The problem is we've removed that ideal. So these kids don't know. They literally, I'm, I'm convinced most people now, uh, I believe we're born with a conscience that convicts us. Okay, 100%, that's biblically sound for me to say that, that we're born being convicted. And I think over time, people are so, they don't get educated on what's right and wrong enough and they, they don't have an ideal to hold themselves to. So over time, that voice, don't do that, don't do that, gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And what happens is, is you see what happened now. I mean, look at the rugs guy. The, the, that whatever position he was for, I think, of the Raiders, the guy that was going 157 miles an hour, a bright young star, signed a multi-million dollar contract, 20-something, early 20s, 22 years old, killed a woman and her dog going 157 miles an hour in a Corvette with a handgun. You know, it's like, you know, I look at somebody like that and it's heartbreaking. And, I, you know, in these concert goers, I'm heartbroken for them. I'm, first of all, for the dead, I mean, my goodness, that's an unfathomable uh, atrocity and it's so sad. But I'm also sad for the people that participated in this mindless act of hedonistic, animalistic behavior. People, because we've removed the ideal on many levels. First of all, on a spiritual level by the removal of the one true God from our country. And then secondly, hierarchically in the family, we've removed the father in many situations or said that the father is not important or has been dumbed down by sitcoms over here. So, so what happens is we're supposed to have God, then we're supposed to have a father, then we're supposed to have a mother in that hierarchical order. And that gives us a set of ideals in which we are able to compare ourselves and our actions to, 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 to make the right decisions. We've removed this. We've, we've, we've removed God and we've destroyed the family unit. These kids have nobody to look up to. Who do they have to look up to? They have the state, which is a putrid, vile cesspool of corruption, greed, and hedonism. And then they have their TV shows and their TikTok superstars and YouTube, and they're all just as bad. They're all twisted, mentally ill, corrupted little people. So we wonder why we have this generation of kids that trample each other and, and kill people in their cars. And, and we wonder why crime is on the rise and gang violence and rape and molestation, all this stuff. Do people have no ideal with which to compare themselves to? And it's the result of a fallen atheistic worldview. So the point of this is 
We need more strong leaders. We need more strong, especially Christian men and women that are going to stand up and take a stand, that are going to say that this is wrong and this is wrong, this is wrong, this is right, this is what we should be moving towards. We don't have that sense of direction in our society now because we've, we've given up so much ground in the name of tolerance and acceptance that we find ourselves in this situation. So I want to encourage you today, instead of being discouraged by world events, be the change that you want to see in your world. I'm telling you right now, massive change can happen like the butterfly effect. The massive change happens when you start to change yourself internally. You need to have systems every single day. You need to be in your mind, body, and spirit every single day. You need to be developing yourself every single day. You need to be, you need to be studying, reading, learning, praying, listening. You've got to be every single day. You've got to be working towards that ideal version of yourself because the more that you change yourself, the more that you're going to change your immediate circle of influence and it becomes a compounding, just like a ripple effect, like a dropping a pebble in a lake. It makes one small ring and then big bigger and bigger and bigger and then it reaches the edges it's incredible that vibrational transfer of kinetic energy you can do that in your own life you can do that in your circle of influence but you need to understand at the point of this podcast is that i'm trying to help you help you change yourself as i change myself we're in this together i'm not speaking from a point of superiority i'm i've got so much work to do i make mistakes every single day i'm so far behind where i want to be in my development but i'm not discouraged I'm not discouraged because I know that although we might not be perfect, progress is everything. Progress, not perfection. So I want to encourage you today. Continue to work towards making and creating that that most ideal version of yourself. And you and I and others, there's a lot of us out there. Um, I meet more and more like, like-minded people every every week. The more that we work towards that, the better chances we have of of changing this world and really bringing true love into this world, not the perverse love that's pandered to us by corporations. I'm talking real true love to the world, real true change, real true opportunity, real true fulfillment and healing to this world, and it starts with us. So that's all I got for you guys. Let's get it today. Love you.